the Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. And this is another edition. I want to make sure I say it right this week. Another edition of Joe Talk, and that's me, Joe Serpico, on the other mic is on the man i'd had to mess up something right on the other side it's joe bro back what's up man what did you say last week you said ep- epnemode ep- i don't epnemode, know it's, it's there for everybody. everybody can listen to it it's your favorite biased podcast of the aac that's what it is and we're here to give you nothing but biased opinions so on that note what we're going to do this week we're going to try to keep it short and simple we always say that and then we talk forever but game plan for this show is kind of simple gonna recap what happened previous week and look forward to what's ahead a uh, couple surprising games that just passed us in both ways i uh i guess we can just kind of jump right into it the one being that temple versus ucf went uh win i would argue that did any of us really expect temple to keep swinging with ucf in that first half because that as you know as the temple alum on this podcast i'll be honest i was surprised i thought maybe by halftime it would be over instead they got in the lead well dude i thought i thought it was going to be close i i thought temple i didn't think it was going to be 52 to 40 close that's what what i meant like i didn't expect i was worried that if ucf was going to put up 50 that temple would be nowhere like you know i mean nowhere close yeah, but I, I mean, also, they put up thirty-four in the first half and six in the second. Yeah, that's tough. That's what that's what did them in. Obviously, just the six in the second half, and a lot of it is. I mean, in that second half, the Temple started to get banged up. Armstead was out of the game. Hennessy, the the center, who's Al's best offensive lineman. I don't even think anybody can question that. Uh, he got banged up as well, and then they really just couldn't get anything going. It just well, I think it says more about UCF and it, like we've been saying, is they're kind of due. And I thought maybe the Memphis game would be a wake up call, but I think now it's just we. I think a loss is coming. I don't think an undefeated season is happening. Yeah, I know you you do keep mentioning that because it happens every year. Like uh-huh. USF last year was the team to beat, and they struggled. Houston was the team to beat the year before and they, they all, I mean they've had multiple losses so it's just it's hard to be that group of five favorite and it coming into the year and end that way yeah we I mean you UCF barring I mean so here's the thing I was literally just thinking so like we could easily say that UCF has it pretty easy the rest of the way but then you know, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. No one saw SMU blowing out Houston the way they did. Yeah, this conference is weird this year. It really is. And I'm giving myself another pat on the back about SMU. I was right about them early in the year. I was right. They just needed to Yeah, time. but you're, you don't don't be patting too hard, man. You didn't even pick them in pieces to pick them. You can't pick them against Houston. Oh, yeah. Well, you could. You would have been right. Well. Touche. You and Eric need all the wins you can get. Well, I'm only one behind you guys. Come on, R2. 
Yeah, you're two. Okay, let's relax. Yeah, I'll pick those two up. You're like you're like USF in our P6 pick'em. Oof. Keep firing shots. <laughs> you're I, at least a little more consistent. I guess we just talked about that Houston SMU game. Let's really get into it. It's. I saw an interesting note here that you know, Ben Hicks has two two wins over a ranked Houston team. One his redshirt freshman year, and then again this past weekend. And SMU, like I said, they've won four of their last six. And granted, they need some. They need Houston to win one more, or excuse me, lose one more game to take over, you know, a shot at the uh, conference championship. But, well, and Houston has to play Temple, Tulane, and Memphis, so that's entirely possible. Yeah, well, at the same time, you know, Houston controls their own destiny, so. Yeah. Their defense is so bad. It really is. I just, you know, you know, here's the thing. You and I have been saying a lot of stuff this year, and we st- I, we made predictions, and they're turning out to be right. Yeah. Like, Houston's defense is not good, and I said that this is going to cost them. And it, already, it cost them once against Texas Tech, and now it cost them again against SMU. It's just – and, it, I mean, look, I get that Ed Oliver didn't play, but, like, it that hasn't seemed to make a difference. It didn't make a difference last week against the USF. Speaking of him, did you see – have you seen, like, the slow motion of his injury against Navy? I have not. He has he gets triple team, but two guys are blocking him up high, and another guy chop blocks him. It's like the dirtiest hit I've ever seen. Okay, it's not dirty. It's just bad. It's bad. It's way illegal. It 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 frustrated me to watch. It's the only way you're gonna get that guy off the field. Hurt him. I know that's stupid it's though. It's literally the only way you're gonna get that guy off the field. I just hope people don't like. I think now that I've seen that video, I think maybe people will realize that he's not hes not pulling in Nick Bosa. I, I love how I started a trend there. Well, it's – I mean, here – okay. The thing with Nick Bosa is, like, he actually was hurt. It wasn't like he – you know, like, he didn't tweak something and then said, oh, I'm just going to be done. Like, he actually got hurt. I mean, I get the frustration with him sitting out. Like Ed Oliver, legitimately, like his his knee went the wrong way, so it's not even like. Uh, and like, obviously, the other thing is people already know that he's leaving. But I don't know. I just hope people aren't like, oh, well, Ed's sitting out, so he he gets a better draft stock. It's like, no, the dude's actually legitimately hurt and can't play. Yeah, and I'll have to check out the video to see if it. And I trust you. It's so, in. Yeah. It's in. Uh, oh, you, we have we have a we're, we have a preview this week together. Because oh, Temple plays Houston. Yes, you are right. So it's it, the video. The video is in the article already. All right, sounds good. That is right. I forgot we had that together this week. Less writing for me. Woohoo. <laughs> um, the only other thing I really want to touch on before we go through the other games is if you're Houston, you know. Obviously, this was uh, a big loss considering, you know, they had just got ranked. Not that they were ever going to be in the uh, the playoff talk or any really any of that discussion. But, you know, it would have been nice to see another AAC team or G5 team actually 
in all of that discussion. But if you're Houston, you know, it was just that one, and you knew it was going to come at some point this year. It was just that one bad game. It's, you know, this was their lowest point total of the season. This is their lowest amount of yards they've put up all season. You knew at some point it was going to happen. Yeah, every, every unit has a bad game. And granted, they lost to Texas Tech, but they didn't have a bad game. And I, you and I both talked about they're do they're just gonna they're gonna have a bad game. It's just gonna happen. Like everybody has one, and like the, nothing changed with the defense, and now you know that everything went horrible because the defense can't make a stop, and all the pressure is already on the offense to score, and they can't score. Yep, and then you know we've parked on it all year long. When the defense can't you know do their part, that's what's gonna happen. And SMU. They never trailed in this game. So I'm, I'm patting myself on the back still doing it right now. Dude, they're like one of like 60 teams in college football that are either 5-4 and four or 4-5. Four and five. This year's weird. That's college football for you, man. That's what it should be. Dude, teams, like if you ranked all 130 teams, teams 13 through 60 are like almost interchangeable. It's it's ridiculous. It's so weird. Yeah, no, I have no arguments there. I I, I love my, it though. My owls are lumped in there, and yep. and yep. like literally, it would honestly depend on, you know, who you're playing that week. Whether I would look at you and be like, okay, they're favored this week, and they're not, uh, based on you know almost who they're playing against, with another four. Like if I'm just saying like another four and five team. Well, it would all. Because even like those teams that are in the bottom half of the top 25, I would make an argument that teams 50 and 60 can play with those guys. Yeah. Like, even Houston, who has no defense whatsoever, like, I, I would I would take them against some of these top 25 teams. Yeah. We never even got a chance to see it. I think we both were kind of hoping that Win out the you know the regular season, whatever happens in the conference championship game. But we wanted to see Houston in a a bigger bowl game. Does this does this damage that a little bit? Yeah, I mean if you think about like last year, Memphis was what were they eleven and two, ten and two, something like that. Yeah, and then they played a home game. They played the Liberty Bowl. Not that that's like a bad thing, but it's not a big bowl. They could play at Iowa State, which was nice, but. I don't know. I think it's it would have been hard as is, and now it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how bowl season shakes out. Now, like we kind of said in the last one, well, we're not going to do it on this episode, even though we said we would. But later, we're going to do talk, actually, with some of those bowl projections that you're starting to see on the website. Um. There's one more game that we obviously have to talk about just a little bit, and that is Tulane with the beatdown of USF at home. And here's the thing that really, like, I thought was a strange stat. Granted, we know Tulane is more of an option team, but the Bulls have been one of the stronger running teams in the country this year. 365 to 102. Is, was the differential. And then it was 34 to 3 at one point. Like, we're not talking about, like, USF you know, had a bad game. 
bad game. You're not losing forty three to three at home. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Is that it was at you're home? You're at home. Get you know what I mean. You're supposed to show some energy, and there was none. Literally none. I don't know. Nope. I don't understand if you know if you're in USF fan right right now. I don't understand how you're making an argument that they're any good right now. Yeah, I... they've had to come back three they had, games. They had injuries. And they have a lot of potential. We just talk about Ed Oliver's injuries, that which, to be honest, like that doesn't USF. help. Ed Oliver is so good, but his presence doesn't make a difference on that team, which is sad. Yeah, but I mean, to get back to USF, the thing that you know that bothers me. There's injuries all around college football. I mean, I just talked about Armstead getting hurt. Every team has injuries. Everything that we have said on this podcast has pretty much been right. Well, and the thing that bothers me is it starts out as we have a lot of potential, so we're going to be really good, and then as soon as things go wrong, it's oh, our coaches suck. They can't. They can't make our potential play well. And we had injuries. It's like, well, you don't well, don't be bragging. Football. Yeah, Welcome don't be bragging about football. your team. And then when things don't go right, start making excuses. Like, here's the thing: Have I made an excuse for Houston's defense? No, I said they sucked. Like, I have I have not held back on them since you've been saying that since they played the F FBS team or FCS team. Excuse me. Well, and even with Memphis too, I haven't said like, oh, Memphis. They, I said they have a lot of potential, but. They've they've been playing horrible. Like it's not. I mean, it. USF's not the only team that we're critical of. Nope. Not one. I mean, you you hate ECU. We have a running joke in the power rankings for UConn. Like, I mean, we've talked about all everybody. Long. Tulane. We don't know what that team is, and then <laughs> they came in and waxed the USF. It's just like I mean every every team that we've every team in this conference we've said something negative about at least at least once. Tulane's first win in Florida since 1977, and it wasn't like they picked up like you know a field goal win, even a touchdown win. Like they were killing them. Yeah, the USF didn't score until late in the third and fourth quarters. If USF is supposed to be this good. You don't lose by that much, um, especially at home. Especially like what I so what I had put in because I had actually put USF in my underdogs against the spread, so I was pretty confident that they were going to cover this week against Tulane. And my thinking was, after that game against Houston, they would come out fired up, you know, have something to prove. Nah, not at nope. all. Nope. Not one bit. You know what other team that didn't come out to play this week? Navy. Which bad team we want to talk about next? No, Navy. Because we don't. I don't think either one of us considers Navy bad. But we well, did you see? Did you okay, see we gonna, predicted the Zach Abbey thing correct? He started. I was going to get to that too. They oh made God. the switch back. This. I mean, this is three weeks in a row they've made it. They have no. no idea what to do. They don't know what to do. And it's kind not of that sad. They, I mean, they, it's not that they don't know what they're doing. It's just like what – I mean, like I don't know what to say. Like what What should they do? 
Because switching the quarterbacks obviously isn't working. No, uh, and they, they, and it'd be one thing if they like switch to one. I mean, they're already at option three. I don't know if there's an option four. And at this point, I can't imagine I can't imagine option four being any better than what they have now. Otherwise, it would have already been there. Yeah. So it's weird, like because the last couple years, Kenny Matalolo was. He was a candidate for to move on to another job, and now it's now that's definitely not happening. No. Oh, dude, you know what? Now did you say that there was the news last week of you know, Maryland obviously finally made the right move to to get rid of Durkin, and a lot of the names you're hearing as potential hires are coming from inside this conference, and you just mentioned one which kind of surprised me. I can't imagine. Why would he want to leave Navy to go to Maryland right now? That I just can't imagine that. But believe it or not, Charlie Strong's name was on that list too. And Mike Norvell. And Jeff Collins, actually. I would there, take Norvell Strong. over Charlie. There yeah, I wouldn't take Strong right now. But, I mean, not to go too far down Maryland hole there, but who really wants to take that job? Yeah, it's a, that's a train wreck right now. Nobody wants that job. Nope. But anyways, back to Navy, so... Couple notes here. Six straight loss, which from a Navy team you're not used to hearing. I mean, they always usually find a way to get one just because their offense is usually a problematic for people, but it hasn't seemed to be the case this year, obviously. Um, first shutout since 2012, and the first time they're not going to be going to a bowl game since 2011. Dude, Cincinnati is legit. I'm telling you all year. Yeah. And then Cincinnati. Three of their final four games are at home. So we might be talking about a one-loss Cincinnati team. And, you know, let's be real. They're not going to get any love from anyone in anything. Not that I'm saying, again, not that I think they're going to be in the playoff discussion, but, like, they'll probably get an average bowl game. And we'll wait till next year to see what happens. Yeah, it's scary to think that this wasn't their year. All right, now I guess we can talk about those two teams that we always talk about. They get beat up on. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Memphis. Memphis with a 59-41 win over the Pirates. There was almost 1,200 yards of offense in this game, so let's just put it this. There is no defense on either one of these teams. Everything we said about Houston... We can say about these two teams right now. If uh, Scotty Montgomery can hang on for another year, I like, I like where ECU is headed. I know you don't, if, but if that's a big if. It, oh yeah, it's definitely a big if. But Holton Ehlers, dude, is granted Memphis defense. Like I said earlier, for those who think I'm biased, is terrible. But he's a true freshman, and he was torching Memphis defense. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, he. I'm. I've got no argument there. He did look pretty good. I mean, threw for 449. He obviously, we've talked about Trayvon Brown. Looks his way quite a bit with two touchdowns oh in this game. And why wouldn't you? Dude's like the. He's arguably the best receiver in the conference. No arguments there. But then on the other side of the ball, I mean, without a <laughs> doubt, you're looking at. A legit three-headed monster at running back 
Uh, Henderson that went off again. Pollard barely touches the ball, gets two touchdowns in 89 yards. And then you got Patrick Taylor, who's you know 57 yards from from your backup, but doesn't really matter when you're beating a team by the way they did. I yeah, mean, this, this, Taylor's this the forgotten game, one. Yeah, that's I mean, this running game is you know phenomenal to say the least. Mm-hmm. If only they had a quarterback that could sling it like last year's guy. Yeah. They would be. They would be. They were. They were spoiled of Ferguson and Lynch. Yes, they were. Give Brayway time. I think he'll be fine next year. And then, that's right. that's the other thing though is they have so many guys on their team right now that could come back next year, so their offense could be just as good, and their defense is super young too, so. I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking between 16 and 20 returning starters coming next year. Yeah, That's what's scary. Next year, we're going to, I mean, it's early, obviously. We're, we have don't know what's going to happen with transfers and the draft and things of that nature. But, you know, just thinking ahead a little bit, next year is going to be tough to preview going into the season. A lot, a lot of change, but a lot of things staying at the same time. Yep. All right, let's end this week's talk, and that is Tulsa ending their seven-game losing streak in a 49-14 win over the David Pendells. <laughs> Pendell was winning 10 nothing at first before Tulsa scored on seven straight possessions. And... I'm going to repeat something we said last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, Seth Boomer had four touchdowns passing and one rushing. Man, he still don't look good as a quarterback in my eyes. It's like literally the 2017 and 2018 offenses are the exact same. It's just like a different quarterback. And that's not saying much. Well, and they just lost Chad President and just retired. Did you see that? Oh, he retired? Yeah, he had too many, and he just had surgery on his leg, I guess, and he's retiring he was, for injuries. I, I was, I saw that he was leaving, but I didn't know he was going with the retirement. Yeah, so I mean, he was, he was like a goal line guy at most, and it's yeah, it was just, uh, it's too bad. And then you know, Luke Skipper's been awful, and Seth Boomer hasn't been much better. Uh, Seth Boomer. I just said he had those five touchdowns, but against good competition, he's looked pretty bad. And UConn is not good competition. They're great competition if you want to build your fantasy team. Yeah, if you're looking for a scout team to run against. All right, let's switch to what's ahead. We're we're finally week 11 already. My God. I know, it's sad. It's crazy. And then this week we got all conference games, so that means we got six games all throughout. They're all Saturday games this week. Uh, this past week we had a, we did have a Thursday nighter. Um, first one on the docket will be we talked about them obviously earlier. It's UCF at eight. No, taking on that Navy team that you know, looks pretty awful to say the least. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2, and UCF is a 25.5-point favorite, and yeah, they'll hit that number pretty easily. With the, what I've seen from Navy this year, 
that that doesn't surprise me that that number is that high. I hope Navy wins. How funny would that be? I, that would. Well, yeah, well, I wouldn't say it would be funny, but that would be honestly. If you look at UCF's schedule, I feel like that would be the worst team for them to lose to right now. It would. Oh yeah. All credibility sure. that they've built up these past two years, basically. Yep, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. Whenever they lose, it's it's going to be bad, and like you said, it's not. It's. Yeah, people are just going to ignore UCF for a while. But hopefully it doesn't happen. Uh, well, see, you're you kind of do want it to happen, and kind of don't. I, yeah. I'm like at this point, you know, run the table. I don't know. Like my prediction is like that they're gonna lose, but at the same time, you know, I I don't know. It is a weird spot to be in. Like, if they go undefeated through the regular season, it's going to be really tough for me to want them to lose in their the conference championship. No. I, I, well, it depends on who. I, I mean, I think we both agree. We're looking forward to Houston versus UCF. That's going to be a fun game. I hope so. I hope it's just like Memphis-UCF last year. Yeah, it would be great for the conference if they had basically the same two weeks that we saw last year. That war on I-4, then backed up by a great conference championship game. Mm-hmm. But, Can't wait. But we're thinking too far ahead. we got to worry about week 11 first. Let's do that. Our other 12 o'clock game is SMU will travel to UConn. And SMU is a 19.5-point favorite on the road. Now, most weeks I would say, man, that's a lot of points for our home team. But I've already fallen for this UConn trap twice this year, all right? (laughs) Right? I have already fallen for that trap twice. Have you learned your lesson? Now I have. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times. Is not going to happen. Mm. Now they're going to get killed. I'm predicting SMU to win this one by a lot. That 19 and a half. I'll have to think about that later on in this week. Dude, SMU sneaking up on everybody. That's what I mean. They are, like I've said a little bit before, they're better than what their record indicates. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong, my friend. Then the other 12 o'clock game is Tulsa will travel to Memphis, which is not that far of a trip, to be honest. But the Tigers are a 15.5-point favorite. Uh, that, I don't know. That That is actually a little bit of a weird number to me just because... Memphis's defense, we just talked about it. They're not that good, so maybe Tulsa can do just enough to keep themselves in the game. See, but they have to pass the ball for that to happen. Yes. Mem- uh, yeah. Memf- yeah, Memphis yeah, is true. good enough to just have... I mean, Mike Norvell's so creative in getting 
the ball to Daryl Henderson or Tony Pollard's hands. Like he doesn't. I mean, he's he's obviously got a better passing offense, but like he he just has genius ways of getting them the ball, and it doesn't have to be running. And I, I mean, even if they do, I feel like Memphis is way better being one dimensional than Tulsa is. Like everybody knows Tulsa can't pass, which sucks because they have Justin Hobbs and Keenan Johnson, who are two great receivers, but they don't have a quarterback that can even get it close to him. Yeah, that's that's what's holding Tulsa back. You know, two years ago, when we were talking about that that Tulsa team that finished above five hundred, if they had a quarterback, these past couple of years they haven't, and that's been. Dude, they might be at four or five wins if they have a quarterback. Yeah, uh, what was. You know, Tulsa held their own against Texas not that long ago. Yeah, they lost by seven. That's a perfect example. You have a quarterback that can actually you know, be some kind of threat through the air. I mean, yeah, okay, he just threw four touchdown passes, but where, did I write down the numbers? Like, he literally only threw, I didn't write down the numbers, but, like, he threw four touchdown passes on maybe 11 passes or something like that. It's like he literally... They have, of their seven losses, only one of them was by more than 15 points. That's by seven to Texas, nine to Arkansas State, 14 to Temple, 15 to Houston, one to USF, and seven to Tulane. Yeah, they could have four or five wins at this point if they had any sort of passing attack. Maybe next year. They won't be this year. Maybe they'll get somebody by next year. All right, we got a 4 o'clock game between ECU and Tulane. Tulane is a 14-point favorite. Again, another number that doesn't really surprise me. But at the same time, this this Tulane team, you know, we just talked about them. They just beat up on USF, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if they struggled with ECU this week. No, and, I mean, like I was saying, ECU is looking... They're, I mean, they're they're looking good offensively. They're looking better on defense. They obviously looked awful last week, but they look better than they have in the past. So, I don't know. I think that's one of the games you just stay away because Tulane just had a huge win and is probably due for a letdown. But at the same time, you have no idea. Not from ECU. Was anybody else? If it was anybody but ECU or UConn, I, could, I would be with you right. on that. Yeah. But yeah, not, I just, with, it, with, with it being ECU, it might be closer than that 14 points, but there, I I can't see ECU finally picking up a road win. Just can't see yeah. that. All right, and then the last two games of the AAC play this week, they're both at 7 o'clock, and they're both featuring arguably, you know, it's not UCF in there, but three of the top other four teams in the conference. <laughs> you like what I did there, huh? I did. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about that being Temple traveling at five and four to a seven and two Houston, and I think this is you know kind of interesting to know here. Houston is only a four and a half point favorite against Temple at home. I think this has a lot to do with more of the the showing that Temple had last week against UCF. I think they kind of mm. proved that, you know, at least for a half, that they can keep up with a pretty solid offense. 
Well, and UCF's defense wasn't very good, so you can see how. I mean, UCF's defense is better than Houston's, which I think adds to the uh, smaller line, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the only difference. Like, Houston's offense is arguably better than UCF's. No but even if they. Even if they are, like they're just uh, they're just slightly better. It's not like there's a huge gap, but there's a huge gap between their defenses. So I'm not. I when I saw that, I wasn't actually surprised that it was four and a half because Houston can't stop anybody. Okay, no arguments, obviously there. My thing with Temple is we just kind of saw last week you know, one half, and I feel like this has been my thing with them all season long. One half Temple will be one of the better teams in the country in the next half you're like what just happened i think we kind of saw that last week and my thing is so like last week temple for one of the i think it was the first game all season long that temple didn't generate a sack and well yeah you're not gonna sack mckenzie milton well then do you think you're gonna sack dear king that's you know that's that's, yeah so that's what i was kind of getting to so like and I think we both agree that King is way more athletic. I mean, you try to get that guy some one-on-one, it's just not going to happen. And Houston uses uses King a lot differently than than UCF uses Milton. Yeah, I think because they, I think they call. I think the thing that I like about King is that because he like started as a receiver. He's used to taking hits and used to having design runs called for him. Whereas Milton, it's almost like his legs are a complement to his passing, and they'd rather have him scramble the throw instead of scramble the run, and they don't call very many design quarterback runs. They'll call read option, but they won't call – like Houston calls – at least a handful of design quarterback runs for King every game. I mean, look at that fourth and whatever play last week against USF. That was design run on a fourth and seven, eight, whatever it was. Right, right. And it, it's just smart. You just you he needs to ha- touch the ball. He will touch the ball every play, but he needs to be involved in the run game. Whereas I think UCF's a little worried about putting Milton in that situation. Yeah, if you're Temple, you obviously the, the key to this game is containing King. And it kind of showed last week they struggled a little bit with containing Milton. And King's a whole other animal. So no, that's obviously the biggest key. So when we do that preview that you talked about earlier, that's obviously what I'll be harping on there. And then if you're mm-hmm. on the other side of the ball, I mean, for Temple, is Oliver playing? Is Oliver playing and is Armstead playing? Those are two big ifs. All right, then. And then the last game in the AAC, and that is the USF Bulls traveling to Cincinnati. That game's also 7 o'clock, and you can see it on ESPNU. But the thing that I really, really want to touch on here is the fact that Cincinnati is a 14 point favorite against a 7 and 2 team. 
I think that should tell you even what Vegas thinks about USF. I think it's pretty clear that they don't think that USF is good enough to keep up with a Cincinnati team that I have said all year long. Even in that game, they beat Navy. What was the final? 42? Yeah, 42 to nothing this past week. It's not like Navy, or excuse me, it's not like Cincinnati did anything that was overwhelming. They have this crazy high-powered offense. They just, you know, they get on the field. They do what they got to do. With that said, Vegas thinks they're a 14-point favorite. And this is the first game all year long, other than UConn, where Cincinnati has been more than a 10-point favorite. I think that says a lot about, one, what people think of Cincinnati, two, what people think of USF. I think people are just copying our takes on USF. No arguments there. Actually, it's not that they're copying. They're just finally catching up with what we have already known. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to... Here's the thing. We don't have to dive into it because we've been saying it already all year. So it's just justifying everything that we've already said. Yep. So, hey, like we've said multiple times on the show, we know what we're talking about sometimes. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. It's because we're biased. We got to keep that up. Bias towards the Florida teams. I keep picking them every week and then freaking underdogs against the spread, too. <laughs> Anything else you want to do on this show before we give it a wrap? I think for once we actually did keep one kind of short. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, we better wrap it up before we start talking about other stuff. Yeah, before I really lay into a certain team a little bit more. All right, on that note. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of the Underdog Podcast. If you are not following us on Facebook and Twitter, make sure you do so. Please leave some reviews on iTunes or however else you are listening to us. And then I guess until next time, will USF drop in our power rankings if they lose this week? I don't think they can drop much farther. Yeah, no arguments there.